Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, how are the proceeds from NFT sales actually used? Money goes in, where does money go? We'll dive into that in just a bit, but Andrew, what are we seeing in some NFT headlines? Yeah, we do have uh, kind of big news from OpenSea. Uh, I guess a couple big things. One thing, they just changed their, the look of the site around quite a bit. So if you haven't been on there uh, recently, you should go check that out. Uh, it's a few new things. Definitely looks a little bit different. Looks a little uh, more social on the um, on the uh, profile page. But other big news was that they released their Seaport protocol. Um, so this is, there's a couple of things, parts for this, uh, one, it's going to allow people to trade NFTs rather than just selling for ETH. You'll be able to say that maybe you want to trade a, uh, a, a, uh, I don't know, a gold ape or something and say that just, that you'll take, um, specific, uh, Azuki pieces. And that's probably a bad, uh, bad one to bring up now, <laughs> trying to go with some high end ones, you know, is what I was trying to say there without, you know, going into the projects where we actually talk about them, but anyway, you'll be able to trade them for specific traits. Uh, the other part is that this protocol will allow other people to use kind of the back end that OpenSea has already built to run their own third party marketplaces. Um, so this is, I think it's actually pretty big news here. Uh, will allow a lot of uh, people to, um, sort of, you know, give it a shot of making their own marketplace uh, and open seas allowing that. But I think in the end, uh, that competition will make, you know, as we've talked about having more marketplaces pushes these forward and I think, uh, improves the product in the end. So I'm excited to see what actually, uh, happens with the trading of NFTs. I know there have been some sites out there. There's also been a lot of scams involving those sites and not saying that those sites are involved, but there's a lot of people that use those sites and, uh, in not so not such great wage which made them a little hard for me to want to get into but i would be interested in trying uh, out trades on the OpenSea platform or on a trusted uh, marketplace that was using their technology yeah the open source part gets me excited because it's additional functionality that could be brought to bear i think in even specific projects and i've seen this probably most popularly in mebits where MeBits actually had the ability to post and trade and interact on the uh, the actual platform uh, for for uh, for moving back and forth, but this is a cross project, but also hypothetically could be turned into a project if it's open source. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens here. I think it's it's uh, it's cool to see that that's coming from OpenSea because it hasn't always been thought of as the most open platform, um, but they are definitely uh, opening up uh, their backend here, and I'm excited about that. Oh, I'm just excited to get farther and farther away from anything resembling money and more of a horse-based economy. So anything that brings us towards that is... That's right. Trade your purses. Sorry, digital yes. horse-based economy. Right. Of course. Well, that, that will be the, 
the peg in the long run, right? <laughs> oh boy, I hope so. I can hold my breath though. All right, we've got some other news here. We've got Anderson Horowitz, a big crypto, or sorry, big uh, VC firm. They have launched a new $4.5 billion crypto fund. That is billion with a B. That is huge money. Um, you know, it's not necessarily uh, NFT specific, but I am sure that some of this will flow towards NFTs. Um, so I think it's, 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 I mean, it's an absolutely huge number and good to just remind people that there is a lot going into crypto, even when uh, the prices maybe aren't going up. Uh, just keep that in mind. I think things like this speak to total addressable market and solutions that will be built right now that will get the next 100 million people onto the platform because you're not getting that amount of money unless you can answer the fundamental question of who is the total addressable market and how do you get them there? And I think there's going to be a lot of innovation brought to smarter UX and wallets onboarding beyond, beyond just like send it to Coinbase and then send it around. And I think it's a, you know, a very positive sign that you know, time spent right now on crypto and collecting NFTs right now is like, I'll just be honest, like it's tough to watch number go down every single day. <laughs> it is a different place to see that like, hey, there's a huge increase coming in terms of building an investment. If we were seeing, if we were seeing right now, diminishing amounts of money being planned to be spent, it would have been like, oh, I guess this was just like that hype cycle that was, that was one and done. I think what you're seeing is the builders and VCs realize that this is just the beginning of something. This is new tech yet to be applied rather than like, wasn't it weird when we all lost our collective minds in 2021 around NFTs? Yeah, that was weird. Back to normal. Uh, the amount of investment just in Q1, you know, dwarfs any other previous amount. Uh, I mean, obviously, Andreessen Horowitz pulling in 4.5 billies is uh, weighed into that, but the amount of investment, the amount of dry powder being put behind uh, new projects that are rebuilt uh, is significant. And then it'll be interesting to sort of play off of all right, where where does that uh, then move into the market? Yeah, well, we do know where at least uh, some of uh, A16Z uh, has moved some of their money recently. They led a round or at least participated in a round uh, backing Adam Newman of WeWork fame. He has a new blockchain flow carbon and 70 million going into that a little surprising to see so those two stories both coming out this week doesn't always uh doesn't make me super confident that uh, we're trying another one of these i mean it sounds like sounds like an, another layer one that's being run by adam newman and um i don't know i have a lot of questions we've had a lot of problems with alt layer ones as it is and uh, it doesn't exactly have a lot of, or give people a lot of confidence. So we'll see where this goes. And I really hope that most of this 4.5 billion goes towards uh, things that are a little bit more um, uh, well-tested in the marketplace than, than these new L1s. So you're saying that Flow Carbon's GNT, that token, it's on its own L1. It's not a, it's not like on a That's Ethereum right. level. Yeah. I, so yikes, one. However, and just to say, I like that this is looking to create carbon offset accreditation and 
tracking for it. I mean, you know, Klee Medow has already done, I think, a, an amazing amount of work in sort of that sphere. And, you know, they've had the successes that they've had. But I, I will say to Adam Newman's credit, uh, that gentleman can sell people on things uh, quite well. Absolutely. And one thing and... I know you need <laughs> in crypto, you need to sell folks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, hopefully this uh, works out well and, you know, it is what it purports to be as this uh, benefiting <laughs> benefiting our uh, ecosystem as a whole, I guess. Also, I will say in terms of like, there, there are many risks associated here. I'm actually oddly more comfortable if the person's already fairly wealthy and not likely to like yoink a bunch of money out. He already did that with the last company. He's done hopefully yoinking money out, right? Because history never repeats itself. He's got enough dollars. So this can be like, you know. Maybe we should start looking at the new Luna chain. <laughs> I heard Just new Luna is going to be so much better than last Luna. Last yeah. Luna is for losers. I think I'll stay away from that one. But I think this is yeah, interesting. There's some, correct. you know, they're not the only name. There are some other uh big names on the, the list of investors here. So um, it's one to keep an eye on anyway. Yeah. Okay. A hacker tool. Hacker took over NFT artist Beeple's Twitter and you know, people lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's the problem of crypto Twitter and having all of your reputation connected to wallets, connected to the ability for attackers to have incentive to, to go after Twitter. Um, they reportedly may have lost these investors uh, $438,000 worth of cryptocurrencies. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's a relatively small one compared to all the other scams and hacks that we, or many of the other ones we've talked about, but, uh, you know, just another one to another way or thing to, or another thing to look out for, I guess, you know, don't always even trust the links from, from the accounts that you do follow the authenticated accounts because. And, you know, those can get hacked too. And if it seems too good to be true, if it's too out of, too out of the blue or whatever, you know, just give it a second and slow down. Yeah. I think, you know, if you listen to any of our stuff, it's, you know, trust, but verify all these things. And I, I, I genuinely think it's incumbent on project owners to do a little bit of what I said of white hat hacking and trying to trick your own audience just to steal them against potential hacks and to remind them like, if it doesn't make sense, don't do it because anything can happen. And we're talking about a lot of money now when certain projects get up there, but you know, again, the, the onus is on the owner. All right. All right. Well, why don't we move on to our affordable project? I actually have one for us this week that uh, mentioned in the discord. So if you were around there, you may have meant, or you may have seen that I mentioned I was minting this, minted a few of these, and this is a uh, collection called Across the Face by uh, Nigerian artist Osanachi. Uh, he's an artist that I've been familiar with uh, for a little over a year. Now I hold one piece of his, but was excited to see this collection come out. It's uh, on the async platform, which We've mentioned in the past, um, this new async blueprints platform is uh, a bit of, it's a generative art platform, but it's not quite, uh, it's not generative in the sense of, gener of of code building these pieces. It's all these pieces exist, then they run this and these different variations come out. Um, so there's 
they're all of there. It's a bit of a self-portrait, I guess, of him, um, in various stages with David across the face, um, there's a reference to a object actually on the face of each of the characters in the set. Uh, it was a thousand pieces minted for 0.1 E. Four is around 0.15 right now. Um, I, I really like this set. I like how it looks. It's very much, uh, very much in the style of, of his other pieces that I've seen. Um, and I think it is, I think it's a great way to get new collectors involved in some of his work, um, as we've seen with some of these other blueprints, um, from Colby and well, the ex copy ones are now certainly not in, uh, uh, those went up quite a bit immediately, but even the Colby ones now, I think are up over one ETH a piece. Um, and, uh, a lot of money has a set on there has, that was a thousand pieces. Those are up at 0.3 ETH a piece. I was just looking at some of these from other well-known artists. So I think this is a good one. If it's a, if, uh, you know, for a long-term hold, um, I think there's a good chance that Osanachi is still relatively, um, uh, not well-known in the space and, and that a lot of people will come to know him. He's been working um, with blockchain art for a considerable amount of time now. I mean, over, you know, at least compared to most others over three years. Um, so I think that uh, bodes very well for how he will age in time as people come to appreciate uh, blockchain art specifically. I like this too. It's a thousand items, as you mentioned, and 334 owners. I like that sort of small batch art with a capital A rather than PFP. Like here are like 10,000 because clearly he could have generated as many as he wanted, but this is a very focused, smaller batch. And it definitely says something, I say, as, as a collection. And a great time to sort of say, all right, you know, who is an artist that's going to continue to build over time? And uh, you know, as you mentioned, the art, uh, the art is unique. It's not, uh, derivative in it is in his style. I'll also say, cause I've been, you know, I've been very interested in picking up individual artists in this way that I like the collection. It seems like the collection also carries cachet because if it's like, uh, buried in so rare somewhere and it's like distant corner, it's like, it's still unique, obviously the artist, but I'll just be honest. You need that secondary to be able to find it. And if you can't find it, you're not going to get as many competitive bids. The pieces are just not going to move. So I like that this is a, a collaboration between the, the async blueprints and super rare, in this case, super rare, so that it's potentially a larger audience of this will be found in the future rather than like only for esoteric people who know how to like perfectly search. That said, don't you think there's going to be much smarter art platforms that like collate around artists rather than just collections. Yeah, I could definitely see, you know, more artist specific, I, you know, maybe that's something that we even see spin up out of, you know, some sort of, uh, open sea marketplace where specific artists pieces are, are collected in there or, you know, in a small number. I mean, I could see that being somewhat of a gallery uh, style where you could select people to be in or select even different collections to be in a specific uh, marketplace. Um, you know, I do like that this, this is on both super rare and async. And it's interesting that, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what the super rare part is actually adding to it at this point, you know, you have the minting on async. Um, now the, the trading is primarily on OpenSea and 
super rare, um, you know, you can view them on there. So I'm, I'm curious to see where super rare goes with how they're expanding, trying to expand their platform. You know, at this point, it doesn't seem like there's much there other than you can view them on that platform. I, I guess you can sell them, I believe buy and sell them there, but it's not, it's definitely not where most of the trading's happening. I haven't checked if there's, if there has been any at this point. Um, I think that there's a potential for these to be used to build, you know, to build new pieces too. You know, we've seen that with, with Colby has done that with his blueprints piece, um, or he's doing that where you can put multiple pieces together to build a new one or build special editions. So, um, it's, it's definitely possible within the blueprint system. And I would, you know, I would, I would like to see something like that. Maybe if, you know, come out of this at some point, or I'd be interested to see it. I, you know, I also love the, the pieces as they are, but I could see that potentially be uh, something that is employed down the road. Yeah. Full disclosure. I uh, picked up one as well. As soon as I saw that you dropped that in the discord, I was like, well, that's good enough for me. I'm going in. And I yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of good, um, collectors in there. A lot of other artists, uh, they're not Armin, I noticed, uh, um, Brian Brinkman, some other artists that have been around the space for a long time. You know, I think that Osanachi has a lot of respect from, from well-known artists in the space. Ransom Bits is in here. I see recently purchased a couple hours ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I have picked up a couple on secondary. I'm trying to, I, I like the idea of putting a few of these together and making a collection. I want to get one in each of the objects on the face. So yeah, I am, I'm a holder and. I, oh, so, you, that, so there's different objects on the face. You're actually trying to pull that together. Do you think that's going to be worth something? Or are you just like, from an art standpoint, it's just cool? I think it will look cool together. You know, I think there is potential that maybe there's something like that. But I think having a full set of each of the objects will at least look cool and trying to put some variation in, in what the object or what they're wearing. You know, there's different things that he's, uh, different hats, there's different um, clothing. So there's a shirt and tie, there's a basketball jersey, there's... I don't know. There's even more, um, more shirts that, than the, uh, the object. So, you know, you can take this a lot of different ways. There's four different backgrounds. I, I don't know, the, the yellow is what he's used on a lot of other uh, pieces in the past that I've seen. Um, but I think that, I don't know, the backgrounds even add a lot to this. I, there's a, I think there's a, there's a lot of ways that people could end up putting collections together. And I think it would be, it'd be cool if there were a way to, 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 put these together in a way that, you know, builds a new piece or something or takes something out of this, but you know, have no idea something like that will ever happen. <laughs> so you're just playing, playing it out, but you're going, you're going long. I know you've been keeping the powder dry. So thank you for bringing this to us. Uh, it's a really interesting one. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we move on to our theme? So I think this is in particular to PFP projects, larger 10,000 pieces that are put together by, you know, a developer group, an agency, what have you, proceeds or a DAO, certainly a DAO. Look, money is made. Where does that freaking money go? Like hard and fast, it goes to a wallet. So whoever has the keys to those wallet has that money. Technically, you could just run away with it. So how do you start from there? Is like, where, where does the money go and how can you tell where the money might go? Yeah, I think this is a good question because, I mean, we've got a lot of projects that talk about building a community and they raise a lot of funds and it's not always apparent how much or, you know, if any at all will it be spent to build that community. And we've certainly seen a lot 
of rug projects where, you know, someone really just takes it, takes the ease, shuts it down. We've also seen a lot where it's completely normal and open that the creators are taking a large percentage of the mint proceeds right away for themselves as if that's, you know, the, the payment. And, you know, it's a concern that we've talked about here before when you're getting paid a lot upfront, it really disincentivizes you to continue working and to build towards something bigger, you know, and I think we've, you know, we've seen something different in a project that George brought to us recently in the little nouns, um, the, now this is a project put out by nouns DAO and both the nouns DAO, the nouns DAO offers one mint each day, but that's all pooled into a joint, uh, a joint account where all this ETH is pulled up and then the DAO owners and the NFT owners can decide how to use that. Now, one of the projects they spun up recently is this little nouns, little nouns DAO. I'm sorry, little nouns project that is minting one every 15 minutes. And now they're raising funds from this. Now this is also going into a pool. So this is really interesting. I think in that, you know, where this is going, it's more of buying into a collective, um, a collective that gets to decide then how to use these funds. You, we know where it is, you can see it and everybody gets a say in how those are used. That's totally true and that that problem of taking that lump sum up front and like what incentivizes you is that continued percent of sales right so that's the other side of like where does the eth go so you have these two you have one big moment of mint and ideally you mint out and all those proceeds kind of roll into the bank and then how does the the transaction sell? so you can get i think it's max what can you take up to 10 percent is what is the the max limit on what you can designate and tell OpenSea to give you as a percentage of a cut of any future transaction, or is it higher than that? Somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. I'm a, it's probably around that. So you have those two moments, uh, money up front, which is like, all right, you know, that's, that's the big nut. And then ongoing, I see it more common saying, and then every future sale, half of it will go to charity or half of it will go to DAO, or we'll do these other things with it. And that presupposes that people are, that they're going to be transactions, right? Because if there's no transactions, there's, there's no money in the door. And I think that has been one of the issues that we have seen with the long-term value of access tokens, tokens that give you access to analytics platforms, that you have a development team developing things and they're, you know, they have an update next week and in one month and in two months, but the big amount of revenue that came in was when people initially bought that. So there's this problem of, you know, follow the money on how that will sustain into a developer over time. If those are not changing hands because people are just using the tool, there's, there's a question mark there. I think this comes back to also just frankly trust and what you're doing and saying like, how long does this person plan to be with the project? Or even if they do, and maybe they don't, they're like, look, it's very clear. Uh, Osanachi is like taking this money and like you get art, you have art now. I have money. Future utility is on you. It's right there. It's right there in the, in the logic. Um, but I think for a lot of PFP projects, the, I get a little suspicious. I get a little nervous when I see large percentages being tagged into future transactions without like the utility. Like if you're going to say, all right, and you have OpenSea taken 2.5% of the, the future cut. If you're going to be taking 10%, the big question is, how is that money that you get going to 
increase the utility, marketability, secondary value of the project? Or is it just going to line your pockets in perpetuity? And that's a trigger to me to me. Like this is, this is a cash grab. And maybe it's done under the veil of, oh, I don't want people to be transferring my piece around. So I'm setting it high to make sure it doesn't move a lot. And you're like, hmm, I, uh, I'm, I'm concerned when that, that sort of thing happens. Also, funny thing about that percentage is that even though it's like, quote unquote, written to the contract, it doesn't, it's more of a guideline than a rule. Like platforms don't have to follow that percentage allocation, actually, even though it's in the contract. OpenSea is honorable to choose to, but there are platforms that you can go to that don't honor the creator fee, I think it's called, the creator fee in, in the contract. They just don't write it into the, the signing of that contract from that piece transferring. Another question for me that comes up is, what happens if I trade that board ape for some, uh, you know, other, other ape or other thing? How does that, how does that happen? Am I paying it? Am I not? Seems yeah, a little that's a good weird. question. You know, I think that there's, that's something that's going to come up obviously as this uh, new trading or, or I think as a trading platform comes, comes to be, you know, we'll have to have that, that, you know, how do you, I don't know, how do creators get paid? You know, but I think in, in general, maybe we're seeing sort of a shift in how people want to, to uh, want the ETH to be, or where they want it to go when it goes into a wallet that is controlled by, you know, people from the community, you know, it's, I assume it's a multi-signature uh, wallet. I haven't looked um, particularly much into the Nounsdow model, but I think people, there's been a lot of attention on the Nounsdow for a reason recently. Um, and I think, you know, part of it is that, that little nouns. Uh, project minting, but people also coming to a realization that, um, you know, maybe that is a, a model that some other projects should be following. I'll say it's really been fun inside of the little nouns, like part of that community where they're trying to figure out how to spend the money. And there's like, I don't know, like 30, 40 ETH we're talking about. And they continue to, to generate because of an ongoing basis. Every 10th noun goes to the DAO and every like 11th goes to the nouns proper now and there's talks about like oh maybe we should buy a noun so we get like voting rights maybe we should do marketing maybe we should do more uh donations to charity like there are actual considerations of how you you know guide these funds and it is uh, you know it, it's doing well right now um and you know might might be hopefully not my pick of the year but it's is a good pick it's a good pick yeah uh, yeah i've noticed i also um, have another story though related to this, like how the proceeds are used and sort of once the proceeds are like done, that initial sale is done, it's on the, the interest and passion and reputation of the creators to continue, right? That ha there has to be extra energy there. And I, you know, shout out to DJs. You brought us that one. That was, that was a very good one. And they had this amazing Twitter thread where they just talk about how you know, they, they launched in July of 2021 some fanfare, they just, you know, had general PFP and they just, it was collapsing. They just, they, they lost the thread they lost the utility. They were trying to be comics and they're like, look, we're financial folks. Like we know markets, let's pivot. And instead of launching yet a new thing, they brought this thing back to life on sheer, you know, will and reputation and started churning out actual daily posts that are very helpful and interesting hot takes on the market. And also now just delivered, uh, the, the wrecked, uh, the wrecked guy drop. And so, you know, that's an example, like they were getting paid at that point. 
And so you have to think about that. I think with, you know, how these proceeds are used, like there is extrinsic, intrinsic values here. And once the dollars, sorry, what, sorry, dirty fiat. <laughs> once the ETH dries up, the passion has to kick in. And I, I've been really impressed with how those folks ha have turned it around over there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, I think we've, we've seen some other projects with free mints recently. I mean, we've seen these in the past and, you know, those are, that's another one where you're not, you're, well, I guess you are really incentivized to build something that people want to continue trading. If you're really looking at only getting paid based on, uh, based on a percent of transactions. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. You know, we've seen, we've seen mid, I don't know, a lot of mid prices really, really get up there. And I think any, any mint that is especially high is, you know, it doesn't mean don't do it, but it does mean, you know, have they earned the right to do that? Have they earned the trust and will they, you know, you know, I don't know, will they continue to work at it to, to add value? You know, it's something that, you know, you've really got to keep in mind, especially when it's a high mid price. I'm afraid of making any absolute statements, but right now you can hold me to this one. I'm really going to stay away from high min prices. I'll just be honest. If, if X copy can't hold value for a mint price, the arguably one of the best well-known names in the game, then I'm, I'm really, I'm not going to be traveling too far over 0.2 ETH for, for mint. And especially in that market right now, like in hotter markets, sure. But until the, the next Moonbirds comes along and we see it coming, we're like, very clearly, you just try to do your best to get in that whitelist and, you know, good luck. But otherwise, it's, it, you know, it's a very sharp market out there, I'll say. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely watching my trades a lot closer right now because uh, I've noticed things can, can fall quickly if, if they don't have much history or even if they do in, in some cases. Yeah. Quick note on uh, little alpha here for the DGENs. Since they did the DGENs, uh, D-E-G-E-N-Z, uh, they did do that drop and snapshot already. The price tends to drop after that, but I don't think the value of this community is going away. And it might be an interesting time to just keep your eye on that floor. It's currently hovering around 0.38 and it may drop okay, a little bit more as people. I, yesterday I was go. looking at it. It was up at almost half an ETH, by the way. So it's fluctuating. Definitely worth keeping an eye on. The problem is I don't want to sell mine. So I might need another one. That's the whole problem. Like, oh, shoot. I should have got two. I'm mean, the same thing with low nouns. So I'm like, I can't sell it. Oh, no. And now I have Agreed, this like, heartbreak yeah. of watching this thing ride up and down. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> 